All right. Happy Thursday. I have a lot of things that I have to try and remember here because the day's different. The time's different. I've got weird names that I've got to try and pronounce. So we'll see if I can get this all right. But we're on live with another episode of Learning Tech Talks where we're exploring the landscape of learning technology, cutting through the fluff and getting your questions answered. Uh, today, I am joined by Casper Tickier, right? Did I get it? I mean, it did take oh 10 word. goes. It did. It did. And I did have to ask. So I won't pretend like, yeah, no, I totally knew that just by looking at looking at the spelling. Um, and so he is the founder, co-founder and CEO of Zapper uh, with an AR, which we're going to talk about that as well. And so we're going to be demystifying what augmented reality is, but really talking about really how that's more of a delivery mechanism than anything else and, and what it means for us and some of the applications that we can use. So while you're at it, if you're just joining us live, go ahead, like the post, tag in somebody who would benefit from our conversation. And if you would, share with us where you are in the world today. So comment in and let us know. How about you, Casper? Where are you? Uh, well, I'm in London. Uh, I am in, I've actually um, uh, taken over my wife's uh, office. Um, so they're not my handbags in case that's what going to come in. You, uh, those aren't your accessories? Okay. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, it might go. It sort of matches. I don't, you know. Hey, but no, uh, but yes, I'm, I'm at home at the moment. Uh, but yeah, in London. Okay. All right. So I'm in Waukesha, Wisconsin, as always, the usual backdrop. Um, and so the question today that has nothing, well, it's kind of has something to do with what we're talking about here, but not, not immediately directly. And everybody who's watching, feel free to join in on this one. I'm curious your thoughts. But Casper, let me know what is your favorite thing about technology? And I'm actually really interested to hear this because you said you're a technophobe. So I'm actually... <laughs> Really interested to hear what your favorite thing is. Yeah, I, well, I, I am a bit, and Chris, you know, we were saying, you know, I am. Um, well, I'm just like kryptonite to technology. I, I have an amazing ability to to, to break stuff, and and I, uh, and uh, so I'm not the most uh, technologically literate, which I guess is uh, a bit um, strange uh, given the field I'm in. Um, but the thing I, mean, I have to say, I have a huge passion for music, um, and, and so for me. Not surprisingly, there was a point at which, you know, that, that um, a, a kind of sort of almost now in technolo technological folklore, that moment when Steve Jobs did kind of come on stage and sort of introduce the iPod, you were just like, ah, <laughs> yes. Uh, and having people who loved the old, you know, the, the Walkman was also, you know, the Sony Walkman, I mean, ugh, the, the, the the sports one, the, yeah. uh, the oh, yeah. I mean, that was just just a beautiful beautiful thing so i think any everything about technology that has helped uh kind of the the advancement of of, of music um uh, okay. I, i'm a huge fan of to the point where I, well i would say you're, you're this is it but um uh, uh, but there's one that I, I wish had succeeded and for some reason hasn't which is the um you know the bose glasses that they did um that actually had well i guess they were called ar glasses but they were brilliant because they allowed sort of music uh, to to be pumped whilst wearing your frames into your ears, and it was just golden because you could just walk around, you could have the peripheral vision, you could sort of be listening, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, but really be listening to music. So, uh, so I say that that was your nirvana. You you could have just been listening to your music all the time, just 
people would have thought you were fully engaged, but really, really you're, really you're, you're watching screens over here and you're listening to music right here. But you, you I like it. Okay. I didn't, I guess I missed those, which I'm surprised. Okay. Well, so mine, so in terms of, I don't know that it's favorite piece of technology for me, but like when I look at it, similar to kind of like what you said with music, right? The innovation that it brought. To me, the thing that's really interesting about technology is there's all these rules that we've had to follow for a long time. Like you have to do things this way because there were physical limitations to things or there were you know financial limitations or all, all these different things. And you look at what technology is doing is it's just continuing to break those rules down. So, so the answer to, well, we can't do that is almost quickly becoming a, well, there is no situation in which you can actually ever say that. Like the possibilities are, are always there. So to me, that's exciting and terrifying, right? So if I were to say, what's the most exciting and terrifying thing, I actually would probably answer, <laughs> I would okay. answer the same thing. No, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I, you know, and I guess that the, a lot of talk at the moment about, I don't know if you watched it, the, the Social Dilemma um, movie on Netflix. And, you yeah. know, it's a great piece, you know, um, and I think, you know, especially um, as parents, as we both are, you know, you can't help but sort of see your children grow up and, and see just how they get put into that. That um, technology at a time in life that uh, we didn't really have to go through, and I'm really glad that I didn't because I, it, it's daunting, bewildering, frightening. Um, and yeah. so there is, there is a, certainly a dark underbelly to the technology that we're uh, we, that we're creating that we need to. I know. You know it's hard, isn't it? Because the the legislation just can't keep up, um, and, and, I, and I, I think it's a very tricky point now uh, where we're asking a lot of the CEOs of very big corporations to have to uh, make decisions on behalf of all of us in a way that may not have a disconnect with what they need to do for their shareholders. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the thing about it is it's just one of these things I was talking with somebody the other day about, it, and I promise this won't be the whole show everybody were because we could, we probably could spend the whole show yeah, yeah. talking just about <laughs> But I think the thing with it is you look at some of these things and the unintended consequences, right? Like yeah. Keith brought this up in the comments, right? Is that, you know, it, it was intended for great things to share stories and connect with people and all this. But like many of the revolu industrial revolution stuff, we didn't necessarily always consider the, but what, what could go south with this? Yeah. Like how could this not go in a positive direction? And I think that's the part that really with any technology, not just social media, yeah. you have to start looking at and going, okay, we designed it for this. This was the intent. This is how we plan on it being used. Yeah. But what if, <laughs> what are we yeah, not? Exactly. Wait a <laughs> how could this possibly be used in a different way? So Anyway, that is again a topic we could we could go on probably for a long time. Uh, and Scott, let us know just so you know. They did Bose did discontinue their AR project. I know, I know. and it, I, I'm heartbroken by it because I saw that news and I was just like, ah, oh, well, I was partly like, what am I going to? Where, where's my version twos now? You know, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Oh, um, oh, Funny. Okay, so let's let's get into Zapper, right? Uh, and we did talk about right. There were lots of names that we had to kind of figure out here. So so there's you know Tiki A, there's Casper, there's Zapper, um, despite all the different spellings. But let's get into it a little bit. I'm curious. Uh, first of all, one actually no. First, do this. 
tell the story of the name and then we can kind of get into what made you end up being like, you know what, this is a thing I want to do. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, the name thing, I guess we're saying, you know, it, it, it's that thing is when, when anyone starts a business and, you know, you're there and you're like, oh, we've got this idea, but what are we going to call ourselves? And you go, I mean, it's 10 years ago now, so I can't remember all the awful, awful. <laughs> all this I won't quote you on it, although you are alive with it. And I guess, you know, we sort of talked ourselves into this thing as, oh, it should probably have AR in it, which again, in hindsight, you go, God, no, it didn't. Um, and, and so I guess Zappar, uh, or Zapper, depending on how you want to pronounce it, um, is basically has the letters of being an app, the APP in the middle of Zapper, um, that allows you to use AR at the end of it to zap stuff scan things um you know uh and so you go ah everything that we need to know about the business is beautifully contained in, in zappa now please you know <laughs> we figured it out we've yeah, solved exactly. all the problems we oh, we went home that day and thought Phew, you know we can move on to the next challenge uh, <laughs> uh so yeah, it's I, I think it's one of those names that that still kind of holds I itself think, like, you know what it's timely it's like google <laughs> that is so, well so okay now one of the things you mentioned though that i think is an important thing to kind of highlight on this is you said this was 10 years ago right and yeah. a lot of the things you hear about augmented reality people keep talk are still talking about this as this new and emerging technology that is just yeah. coming out and it's not i mean it's been around for a while um so, you know so i'm curious 10 years ago or 10 plus years ago what what made you and your your co-founders kind of go you know what we should do we should make yeah. an app that we can zap that does ar <laughs> yeah, that's a good question uh we keep asking ourselves that now um <laughs> i think there's, there's two bits to it there i mean you're right look it's a technology that's been around for for, for decades i mean absolute decades and, and um i think the the inflection point for us was where it made the leap from being something that could work well on desktop um, or, or laptops onto a, a mobile device. But you know, even 10 years ago, uh, and, and sort of 11, 12 years when, when Simon and Connell, who are two other co-founders um, at Zapper and, and absolutely the brains behind the operation, um, uh, you know, they were working on this whilst at the University of Cambridge and uh, Simon was doing his PhD on um, fast object recognition on handheld devices. Yeah. I always say it's a very catchy title, really good PhD <laughs> if anyone wants to read it. I'll put that on my nighttime oh, reading. Yeah, look it up. Uh, and then um, uh, uh, Connell, uh, who was also at Cambridge with Simon, he, he built the, I guess, platform around Simon's algorithms. Um, and they had it working on, you know, some really pretty um, uh, uh, simple phones back there. Um, but there was this thing where you sort of went, okay, now there is the opportunity to use, you know, the, the device that has become this evolutionary appendage, this thing that we kind of can't live without. Um, in order to scan the world potentially around us and receive other layered information um, on top of it. And so you sort of thought, that's interesting. I mean, that's genuinely interesting, you know, um, you know this kind of digital discovery channel. Um, and of course, you know, uh, and it's interesting, you, you, everyone goes for film references. And you're like, yeah, it'll be like Minority Report. And we'll all be, yeah. <laughs> you know, all this sort of stuff. And, um, oh, it's in Harry Potter and the posters move and the newspapers. And you yeah. kind of go, yeah, that's all really kind of interesting. Maybe take a while till we get there. So 
So it definitely was a point, you know, so we're talking 2010, 11 here. Um, and it was a, it was definitely a heavy lift then to go, we really need to educate people to what AR is. Uh, and we yeah. were kind of laughing before the show about, you know, the fact that you couldn't choose two more awkward words than augmented reality to try and get in. It's like augmented what? Yeah. We'll call it that. And then yeah. everyone will just instinctively say, oh, oh, I got it. Yeah, I, I got that. It. It's augmented yeah. reality. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> says, yeah, move on. Um, uh, so I guess a lot of time was spent kind of trying to educate people to, 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 to what that meant. I think what's happened over time is that, you know, as we've introduced uh, MR and VR and XR and, you know, AI and ML and all these other sort of acronyms that fit around engineering and computer vision. And so now it's about trying to educate people as to what AR isn't, because there's even yeah. more confusion about where it fits in that kind of complexity of really interesting different types of technology that are available and intersect and, you know, kind of separate. So, you know, I, I think there is still a job, you know, we've always sort of say that that um, it's kind of a marathon rather than a sprint, you know, AR and where it's going. And I think that the last 10 years have been a, a really good way of laying some foundations. Um, and, you know, hats off really to people like Snap um, uh, and indeed, you know, uh, Pokemon Go as well, because I think Snap was so smart in the way that they talked about being a camera company. You know, and they were yep. talking about, you know, when they IPO'd, it was this thing of that's what we're doing. We're actually a camera company and we're allowing people different ways of seeing through the camera and using technology because of it. And I think that is a much more interesting way of talking about AR to people who, you know, aren't familiar with it. Because really what it is, and a lot of the work I guess we do as Zappa, um, is about how do you uh, uh, give businesses uh, a camera capability? You know, what does a... A brand look like you know how can they um, storytell with spatial computing um, depending on what it is that they're trying to do uh, yeah uh, and so just gets it away from just talking about tech because techs obviously it's important that technology works but well you need the tech to be able to do it but that's not that's not, the not point. Reason itself. yeah exactly Exactly. I, well, and it's interesting because when we were talking about this, the camera analogy, you know, or using that to help describe it, it, it is. And I think when people try and explain, well, what is augmented reality? You know, it's it's kind of just changing the way you see the world. If you think about it, it's, it's technology is just it's changing the way you see the world. And that can be through a camera. It can be through, right, you know, wearable yeah. type gear it can be that but really it's just changing the way you see the world and what you can see and what you can do within it That's so it actually is in some ways it's it's more simplistic than we often make it out to be that's the thing isn't it the, the words make it feel super complicated and actually yeah. you know it is how do we put a lens on a camera that can bring up different types of information kind yeah. of what it what it is. Um, that's exactly it. So, so 10 years ago, right. And I remember 10 years ago, I was toying around with some of this stuff. We were using it. I was, we were doing, we, we were doing it for tours of campuses. We were doing it for student type stuff so that again, you could experience, you could actually experience things in a different way than you could because we couldn't physically send someone to you or we couldn't physically send a model to you, you know, a 3D model to you. But now we could actually bring it to you and you could experience it through your phone. So I'm curious, you know, how have you seen that, you know, I mean, again, were there some use cases when you started Zapper yeah. as a team where you said, you know what, these are some things that we really think we can do better. And we think an app that allows you to zap will actually yeah. solve that. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I guess, you know, actually 10 years ago, I mean, there, there, there weren't that many people doing it. I mean, um, Mateo was around, who oh, did a brilliant job and, and got bought by Apple. Um, sort of autonomy and Orasma was sort of getting into the picture. Um, uh, Blipper was beginning to start. There was ourselves. Um, there was Leia. There were, there were a few. And interestingly, I, I, I always think about this, is it, was, it was quite a, a, a British and European technology at that time when you look at, you know, and a lot of the alumni, I guess, within computer vision came from Oxford and Cambridge. So there's one for Britain. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, and I guess when we started, you know, we had the two two thoughts, really. One was um, actually there really isn't a, a uh, an existing platform that is good at um, sort of describing this content and allowing people to make AR experiences made for mobile, made for short form on the go occasions. So we thought that's an opportunity we could try and build that. Um, uh, and then it really was, you know, there's a point when you start a business as well, where you're like, okay, who do we know? <laughs> and what categories are we familiar with where we think there's an opportunity? And I guess yeah. we've done a lot of work around entertainment. Um, yeah. uh, so we had some interesting contacts um, within uh, the sort of theatrical team within Warner Brothers. Um, you know, so we thought, you know, that's interesting. You know, when you've got um, content that people are already interested in, um, and they, um, there's a level of sort of fan engagement already, uh, and there's other content that you could deliver around the around a movie or around an album release or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, how can to the next level? Exactly. Yeah. So, so, uh, and once you sort of go there, you sort of go, well, actually, what does that mean for you know, or print? Um, you know, because uh, that's also you know, from a tech perspective, you're going, what are the things that are going to be easy to find in the camera image and you know track content to that's going to have enough sort of points of interest that means it's going to be a nice robust experience because yeah we were talking about you know i think i guess it was the iphone 3 um 3 3gs at that time um so it's you know kind of powerful but they weren't you know um uh, where we are today no um, nowhere near but, where we are today so we so we sort of we, we started there and, and it's it's amazing how it just then the, the conversations evolve into into different areas because you then go oh well what does that look like in retail well, that could be really interesting what what happens at sort of point of sale um, for that sort of thing what does that mean for education you know how could we do things for you know trying to make um, sort of uh, seemingly difficult problems feel simple or you know and what does that mean in a in a in a in a learning environment uh, and by the way. Within these, we also got some really crazy requests from people, you know, that literally <laughs> were, were from, you know, we had, we, I remember we had a student who wanted us to put a, a, a zap code a tattooed on their arm, and we were like, yeah, oh, do you know word. what, we want to get involved we in that. Prefer, um, we prefer not to do that. Um, we did quite a lot of stuff in apparel, um, but then there was a company who went, yeah, we'd love to put that um, um, uh, on underwear. You know, we're like, no, that's not for us. <laughs> so you do get, I think there's an interesting thing about um, when people have that aha moment of what you could use the camera for with yeah. augmented reality, that they sort of go right out there. And, yeah. and it feels like everything should have AR. And the reality is that is not the case. You know, um, it, you, know you really have to think about the context. You know, what is the right environment to have one of these experiences and how well can you control that environment to make it a good experience? So, you know, you, um, well, you bring that up and I, I'm going to pause you there because I told you I was going to do this. Right. Is, yeah, yeah. I want to pause you there because I think that is a really important kind of point to hit on is the fact that you see you see this happen a lot. Right. When when newer technologies or people are exposed to new things where the wheels just start turning 
right? And all of a sudden we could do this. And what if we did this? And, and pretty soon you start pursuing the tech in front of the things you're actually trying to solve for, right? And, yeah, and it yeah. becomes almost a, and you mentioned it, right? Where, where people go, hey, we want to do an AR thing. And yeah. you go, well, okay, yeah. that's the wrong kind of pursuit to be having. The right pursuit is to be having is say, hey, we're trying to do this. Like to your point, we're trying to do this. We have this in place. We feel like there's opportunity to, again, take it to the next level, enhance augment. See, I knew I'd find a way to throw it in there, right? Yeah. That experience in a positive way. Can you do that? And then you say, you know what, actually, this is a kind of capability that would allow you to do that. Now you're solving a problem instead of saying, Hey, look at this really shiny object. Let's think of all the possible ways we could use that. That's right. And, and well, you're, you're, you, you hit the nail right on the head. And I, and I think that's, what's the lovely journey about the last 10 years is, it started with that kind of ah, let's just tick the innovation box, you know. Um, let's do something yeah. cool in, in mobile, um, you know. And you, I guess there's a whole load, and it's, you know, it's still nice for those kind of surprise and delight experiences. But I think what's becoming much more, um, uh, you know, uh, interesting is the fact that it's now being used more as a utility and for kind of you know for information and instruction and you know kind of kind of contextual storytelling and and and, and uh, sort of driving certain sorts of behaviors um and that's not to say that you know kind of face builds and stuff aren't fun they have their place absolutely right. it's a popular. balancing act um, it's exactly exactly. yeah okay. um, but i think i think that sense of you know um you know, one of the areas we're very excited about is is the whole area of connected packaging you know this notion that actually brands across the world have this passive print um, on all the packs that exist, um, waiting um, to tell rich stories, you know, yeah. literally, um, that can be accessed by by scanning them and brought beautifully to life with uh, a capability like AR. Um, and that can be, you know, the fun promotional, you know, here's our brand character coming to life, but it can also be more information about provenance or you you know kind of instructions or uh, recipes or utility or you know all those other things that actually people care about now that <laughs> know that right. they're making choices um so i think that's that's fascinating um and, and, and you know, same in kind of i guess learning and development it's just different ways to think about how you can deliver information um uh, in a way that is immersive and and involving uh, and therefore more likely to be sticky you know, um, and there's lots of really interesting research around that, that that we've been involved in about, you know, uh, I guess how AR can help memory recall, you know, is very scores very highly for visual attention um, uh, and therefore can, you know, uh, decrease time to competency and sort of, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, well, let's let's dig into some of these use cases in a little bit, um, yeah. because I think, right, this is this is an important one, because because to your point of right, can you use them for this? in packaging, right? Could I, could I make my seltzer water, you know, have a really cool, you know, thing happen when I scan? I could, yeah. or I yeah. could have it, you know, do something a little more impactful to what I'm doing. And the same is true in learning and development. Yeah. You can, you know, make it yeah. so you could scan your e-learning and then a video plays in AR instead of on the screen. Kind of well, a wow factor, yeah, but yeah. is it really necessarily enhancing, improving what it is versus, hey, people are trying to do this. 
why don't we have something here they can scan that then again will give them some additional guidance or show them something that you know helps them do it i think that's we'll get into that but i yeah. want to explain because sometimes what i find is i'm familiar with a lot of this tech because i've used it some people have it. So let's talk like the workflow. We said there's an app and you zap and it uses AR. I'm going to throw that in as many times as possible. Let's talk about a little bit of the workflow of, of what this actually looks like from kind of maybe on the design side of things, but then also, you know, how is an end user actually interacting with this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I, I guess um, <clears throat> it's probably best to start with a, a framework that we tend to sure. use um that um i guess gets you to hopefully uh, success in 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 ar as a project um that's the goal yeah it's <laughs> a good it has, it has very little to do with the technology um and, and we, we describe it as the five five c's um so the first c of them is you know uh, understanding that context so clearly as with any sort of i guess business challenge you've got to understand who your audience is so importantly in this case actually what devices are they using um, uh, where are they when we're asking them to use this device? And how interested are they in the thing that they're looking at to begin with? Because, you know, th those are some pretty fundamentals. But within those questions, um, actually uh, are some underlying tech things then to figure out about, okay, well, depending on their sort of socioeconomic um, mix or where they are, you know, um, geographically in the world, will uh, have an impact on what kind of devices that they're using what kind of plans they're on, um, uh, you know, which will affect how big that file size might be that you're creating, because they might be, you know, downloading it over a network rather than Wi-Fi. So some interesting things there to kind of go, let's just frame and define who we're talking to, where we're talking to them, and what devices they're using. Okay. Then there's the second C, which is the control. <clears throat> and that control piece is you need to understand the thing that you're asking people to point their phone at. So whether that is, you know, your, um, uh, you know, the can that you, you know, got on your desk, or if it's a poster, um, uh, if it's a building, you know, what is that thing that you're asking someone to look at? And then you've got to kind of think, um, you've got to really put yourselves in their shoes and go, what does that look like through your camera? Because everything's smaller. You know, if you're going, oh, I want this amazing thing off my big billboard. Yeah, but through your camera, it's going to look tiny and look like ants moving around. You know, so that thing that you thought might be impressive is going to be tiny. You know, yeah. what's happening whilst I'm looking at that poster? What's what's the weather doing? I mean, are we asking people to look at this throughout the day? You know, what will that feel like at nighttime and daylight? What's the acoustics doing? Um, uh, so do I have to have, you know, subtitles on screen because, you know, they may not be able to hear, hear right. that so well. They may be on a bus or a train or things like that. Yeah. You know, will people be walking in front of it to occlude it um, and therefore, you know, make the experience kind of feel a bit junk, sort of uh, janky because, you know, it's kind of the, the, the image has sort of gone out of frame. And how do we deal with those things? Um, so all those environmental things you have to think about and go, how can I control that? Um, and that's often hard because there are so many permutations between a person, their device, you know, the environment, the, the, you know, where they are. So you've got to really think about that. Then, I guess, from a design perspective, um, there's the call to action. How are you telling people that this thing exists and they should do it? You know, at some point, you need some real estate somewhere that has a mechanism for them to um, get to that experience through a native app um, or, I guess, now through through the web. Um, yeah. uh, so that needs some very clear and directional uh, how to and why, um, because because like, it's back to the thing. Just because it exists doesn't mean people want to do it. 
you know, what's the... Well, it's, it's interesting you say that. It's interesting you say that because I remember early in the early days when I was playing around with this, that was something that got overlooked very oh, quickly. Totally. We'd spent all this time doing these really cool things yeah. and nobody even knew it was there or yeah. how to do it or that you know it, it even existed. And you kind of went, oh, whoops. <laughs> super funny things about that, I think, is that, you know, and I remember this from when we started, everyone was like, oh yeah but you know we don't want to put a code or anything on it because you know you can just scan the image right you're like yeah you can scan the image how does anyone know to scan the image how does anybody so, know that they need to scan the image <laughs> exactly so you sort of go you kind of need to do that bit so that one's super important and, and thinking um again that design perspective of how do you then incorporate that call to action into the rest of the you know the packaging design or the poster design or whatever that needs a you know a, a good amount of thought, you know, in a way that makes that compelling. Then the fourth C is obviously the content. You know, that content, you know, as you said, if it if it, you know, there are times when actually a video might do, you know, it, I guess in the that sort of learning context, if, if it is about um, a sort of disconnected workforce that haven't got access to a terminal and do want to learn, you know, whenever they they have time available, and actually to do that via a device, you know, to scan it, to be able to get updated information without having to have lots of printed material sent out everywhere yeah. all the time, that can be helpful. It's it not is. the most, as you say, it's not the most, you know, not well, people. My my use case where it doesn't work well is where I see, oh, we have them. Going back to your point of like, who's our audience? Where are they? What are they doing? I've seen it where it's well, we made an e-learning, so they're at their screen and they're looking at their screen. And oh, then we're going to throw an it. AR on it and we're going to make them pull a video no, on it. And you're going, can't do that. No, no, you're actually creating friction Absolutely. to the experience because now yeah. you're, you're stopping them and asking them to do something in addition when you could have just taken advantage of the fact you already had their captive attention. A thousand percent. I mean, I think that's got to be one of the litmus tests. It's like, if I could have got to this information quicker or easier using technology that I already understand and know, do that you know because otherwise you're taking people through this thing List like, things not to do with augmented reality yeah so, so that content piece obviously kind of key and then the, the last c is actually communication which is again having gone through all that use all your other methods that exist that you already have available to you to let people know because it takes time you know this is this requires a bit of a behavior change about how we're interacting with things um uh and so we tend to find so so that tends to be quite an interesting framework to that design piece of going well how do I have to think about the story that I want to tell uh, and what are the things that I need to understand and think about in order to do this um, and I guess it's then trying to you know what's happening with the technology is clearly the way that you can um, author that and publish it and send it out there is just getting better and easier and I'm not going to do a self as app here but we're pretty good at that um, so you kind of create that environment well, I mean, to make that's it what you do right I get it right and, and again I love the fact you bring up the storytelling piece because that's really what it boils down to it is. right it's yeah. it's telling the story and I think back yeah. to you know a long time ago when we did this what we did and one of the ways we used it was we said all right as we're doing this campus tour what is the story we want to tell? And then how do we use this technology to help enhance that story? Because we yeah. know some of the characters in that story will not be there at the time, yeah. right? We can't guarantee that character will be there. We can use yeah. technology to make sure that character is always in the story. And so that yeah. as the student went through, they saw 
the badge and knew this is part of the story and I'm going to get that content through the story. And again, it was, it was all about telling compelling stories. And to your yeah. point, what technology did is it reduced the barriers of, well, we want to tell this story, but in order to do it, we need to make sure all these characters are here and, and that we have it all coordinated. And it was like, well, no, not with technology. We can encapsulate that and then yeah. it, scale it. Absolutely. I think it's a lovely use case that as well. And I, I really do like the one that is for sort of the, those tours and, and events and a way to kind of allow people to um, navigate a space uh, and, and get other information and, and create their own journey. Um, you know, it, 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 and that again, it's, uh, we did a lovely piece with uh, uh, the John F. Kennedy Center in, in Washington around that, which was with a they're their artist in residence who was an incredible guy called Mo Willems. Um, uh, and he had a theatrical show that was on there um, around this uh, just brilliant pigeon character that he's got that's a children's book. And, you know, this 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 pigeon is pretty renegade, um, but it was really lovely kind of building the family tour around, you know, the JFK um, with, with this pigeon right. who's trying to kind of tell you, you know, um, sort of the wrong facts about the Kennedy Reach Center. And you go, it was just really nice the way that it came to life and you kind of find these different yeah. points. Um, and I think those things are, are, are lovely. And, but it's, it, I guess it's just always kind of reminding ourselves that people are getting on with their lives. You know, they're not waiting for AR. They're not waiting for the technology. So it has to fit in and, you know, be additive to the experience of what they're doing at, at that point. And I think you'll, you'll, your, your thing about friction is actually right. You know, how can we reduce that? There are still certain things that, you, you know, you, you have to get people to go through. They've got to sort of scan, that, you know, right. what they have to, you know, right. it sounds like have certain permissions. But as long as that um, that experience at the end is delightful and the, and the story adds up and people kind of, I think that, yeah, again, I, I, you just want people to walk away with it, either having learned something or a smile, and then they can get on with the rest of their day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, it's funny, Keith brought this up. And and again, this is another one of those, right? We're starting to talk about as we start transferring some of this stuff into learning and development. But these are some of the use cases that, you know, I look at augmented reality for our industry. And whether you're talking about wearables, whether you're talking about mobile, you know, the ability to provide support to people when they need it, if they need yeah. it, right? And again, yeah. going back to that friction point of instead of treating people as though you're all an empty box. And so we're going to force you through the same experience because we can't do anything better. Instead, we can use augmented reality to say, Hey, we know, we know going back to your point of who are they, what are they doing at that time? And, and what's that environment? We can say, well, some people at that time are going yeah. to need some additional support. And yeah. for those people, they can get that support right there. If they don't need it, so be it, right? They don't pull their phone out of their pocket and they don't get that information. But those who do, we've now created a seamless experience versus to your point earlier of, oh, I'm stuck. Now I need to go find a terminal. I need to go look something up and then I can come back. It. To me, it it really yeah. is helping us move. We're using buzzwords here, but moving learning into the flow of work is is yeah. to me one of the biggest applications of this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> So, so when it comes to this, you know, I'm really curious on this from just, again, some additional use cases, because you've been all over the board. Are you seeing in learning and development, are, is that category starting to pick up on this? Or are you seeing some trends yeah. in that space? Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, and in fact, it, it's one of the areas where I think there is a huge amount of excitement. And I, and I think the reason being that you've got um, sort of instructional designers 
who are, you know, are trying to articulate um, uh, important bits of information uh, in uh, to normally large groups of people across an organization. Yeah. It's quite a challenge. Um, yes. And, and, you know, I guess the, this just adds another dimension to the way that you can try and tell those um, facts and stories, which let's be honest, sometimes are really boring. <laughs> you know, I know of our own. Talking, no, all this yeah, stuff is fascinating. Yeah, it's just all the documents you have to have and, uh, you know, the onboarding and, you know, here are all the things you've got to know because of health and safety and, but you know, and so it's not because you suddenly have to make those fun, um, but I think in a way to try and at least make them less laborious and more engaging. So also people really understand the points that matter. And that could be, you know, you might be doing, I don't know, um, a, a, an IT um, uh, sort of overhaul and you need to get that information out to people and you don't want them to flood the call center you know, with questions, because actually, if they read the information you gave them, they should be able to figure it out, you know, um, or just the onboarding exercise, especially in the time of COVID, you know, how do you kind of tell people what your stance is on social distancing and washing hands and face coverings? And, you know, actually, what's a way to um, visualize that, you know, to kind of make sure that there's the rights on memory recall. So I think those sorts of things become kind of interesting, you know, uh, we did one with in in the UK with um with Boopa for their um uh, some of the care homes, which is about you know how do you um, create and energise face to face um, uh, sessions about fire safety, and how do you kind of begin to role play a bit in that you know rather than just go oh, do you know what? there's a poster on the wall no one's going to read it but you know we've kind of done <laughs> that. Um, yeah. so I think there's it, I, I think we're seeing um, a, lots of those um, learning and development designers kind of really animated and really excited about the opportunity of how they can take their learning materials. And as you say, it's not like, right, now we have to apply it to everything. But where, right. what, where are the... That's where it goes south, right? That's yeah. where it goes south, where it's like, we have all this stuff, you know what we should do. Let's just now dump it into this box over yeah. here, and I'm sure yeah. that'll fix it. Absolutely, and, and and that's exactly right, and, and, and that's the, the, totally the wrong way to go about it. And, and so I think you know, and and then there are other benefits because you kind of you know, um, uh, I, I, there was, I saw one of the comments pop uh, about that sort of you know um, uh, sort of process visualization and quick decision making. Uh, I mean, I've got a printer behind me here. How many people stand by the printer going, "How does thing work?" You know, and you just want to go, like, "Where's the information?" To you know what the yellow dump how do i get it out you know and you actually to have a simple way to visualize that right there rather than going now i've got to find it on the computer and look it up and but you know so i i think those things are um you know become really interesting and how, how do you deploy that you know uh, uh, around an organization um and therefore t just save people time and save you know the it goes amount back of to that reducing friction right it goes back to that reducing friction and to me that's you know, and I think the steps, your your five C's, you know, are are such an important step that that's I mean, and this is where to me it's always translated very well for our field because you you think about it and you go, that's that's really what our job is to do is to say, what are people doing? How yeah. are they doing it? How should they be doing it? And what do we do to help shift that? Right? How do we how do we put that point in place to get them to shift that behavior? And so this is should be at least very natural for people in our field to be thinking about this. But what it does, and I think part of the reason it's exciting to me for our industry is the fact that, you know, going to your point of it's another tool in the toolkit, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something that you can say, okay, we're just, guess what? Everything we do now is, <laughs> yeah. is AR. That would yeah. be a mistake. But to say, you know what? We have some of these things, right? Some of these other things that we're doing, these are the tools we were limited to before. Going back to my introduction question, where it's like, well, we're we're bound by these rules. Well, guess what? There's a new tool in the arsenal that is not bound by those rules. Or we can say, well, how would we reach that person who's there? Before we would have said, well, hopefully they'll find the LMS on their mobile phone. Like, no. Yeah. No, yeah. they they will not. They will not. That is that is a lot of friction. You can reduce that friction through this. And I think the other thing that's been kind of interesting about it, I've been talking to a fair amount of folks on this topic recently is some of these, and I'm not going to call them emerging technologies because they're not, mm. but these newer technologies for people is the fact that for people who are in the design or instructional design space, in some regards, you can kind of leapfrog some of the barriers that you've had of being in this field where it's been like, well, I don't have 20 years of experience designing, you know, e-content or things like yeah. that. Well, guess what? Yeah. Most people don't have 20 years of designing AR or VR experiences. So no. <laughs> we've leveled the playing field. Welcome everybody. We're all at the same gate and you now have opportunity to set yourself apart from, you know, instead of being behind, you can actually be at the forefront of it. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, th- I think the other thing is, is that, you know, and it's just true of technology generally, and it's very true of kind of the, the, the general dialogue around AR is that everyone's always too wrapped up in what the next new leap is going to be. And, you know, what will the next kind of, you know, what's happening about, you know, two weeks time when the next iPhone comes out and hide <laughs> our camera and wouldn't that be awesome? And you go, that will be awesome. However, I, I still think that there's something about the beautiful simplicity of a lot of um, uh, sort of AR experiences that are uh, as worthy and as commendable as the things that are absolutely out there, cutting edge, bleeding edge stuff. Um, and it's, you know, I still find that, you know, we'll, we'll show things um, that we'll, we literally made back in 2010, 2011. And there'll be people who will just go, that's amazing. It'll blow their mind. Exactly. But, but it's something just about, and that is that thing of, um when it when it really um uh connects is is when it feels a bit like magic um uh, and when you're so involved in it and it feels so kind of um engaging that you know you you just can't it's just compelled to 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 interact and that doesn't require complexity at all you know and and that is open to everyone uh, to be able to build Uh, and i think that's the most exciting thing really is you know don't be scared about where it's going. There's so much in the tank that's already been done. And to your point, it is a level playing field. Um, I think the thing that needs most thought are the things, as we said, about outside of the technology, about it is amazing what people do with their phones if you ask them to scan something. Because they will do everything you don't want them to do. They will go <laughs> really close to it, you know, so that the so the camera's not in focus and go, why isn't it scanning? It's not scanning. And you go, yeah, but that's literally on top of it you know um come back a bit you know really interesting. I, I think all their knowledge and experience with mobile phones just goes right out the window right and, and i think that's what's so that's what's so exciting i think for all designers and developers as you say it's 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 still nascent it's the rules are being written um uh, and yeah. um, you know there are great case studies lots of things that show empirically how it works 
but you know there's just such a wealth of opportunity um, and that's the exciting thing i think that's why you kind of go wow this is you know still after 10 years <laughs> fun yeah. to be because it is right, and I think that's um, you know it. What's funny? One of the things you said brought me back to part of the social dilemma, which we were talking about earlier, where they say right something like, along the lines of like the best technology is indistinguishable from magic, right? And it's like it is when you yeah. do this well. It is just like wow, that that's so incredible. But to your point, and and I would say in my career, this has remained true in many instances where some of the simplest things that I've done or my teams have done have been the most impactful because we've actually stripped out the complexity. We've actually stripped out this stuff and said, and we're going to do this. And you go, why didn't we think of that, you know, from the start, you know, but we've over-engineered all this stuff. And when you actually just pair it back and go, what if we just did this? That's the thing that makes people go, holy moly, like this, this truly is revolutionary. Yeah. And you're like, that was? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's great. So, yeah. so one, other, one other thing that I want to, well, I'm going to, I have a lot of other things that I would love to sit and talk about, but we'll see how much we get through with the time we have is sure. one of the things that I will say, and this is one thing that I've been impressed with what you've done with the technology is there is this perception. I think a lot of people, and maybe it's just because AR sounds really futuristic and, you know, out there that a lot of people have a perception like that it's super expensive and it requires all sort of infrastructure and it's all this kind of stuff. And so it almost feels just unattainable to a lot of people. I know I've talked to people and they feel like it's just, it's just too far for us to ever get to. How have, how has Zapper helped break that down to say it doesn't have to be that way yeah well i guess um uh there's a lovely phrase um you know uh, being hoisted by your own petard uh which i think is uh, w- what we were when we came out and went we're all about democratization because the minute you say you're all about democratization <laughs> you kind of need to make it affordable <laughs> so it's like yes um, so you know look th- that's been the thing is you know how do you make this technology um, something that can be robust and scalable efficient and affordable um uh, and, and to do that that's about going let us try and take the complexity in terms of what's happening with you know the buzzwords of scanning detection and tracking and you know all that kind of all the compute uh, and just leave people with a kind of nice sort of um uh i guess um uh content visualization tool that allows them to make their experiences wrap it up and it all you know be able to be um, then distributed wherever they want it to be distributed um, and so that's the bit that takes some time to figure out um, yeah. and then you go, actually once you've built that you know it doesn't have to be expensive um, uh, I, I, the expense is um, uh, is in people's time to think clearly about what they want to achieve. And I think yeah. there's two barriers to AR. One, which is that wow moment. Uh, and then you've got the blank canvas and then you go. That everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but then you've got the blank canvas and you're there going, ah, ah what do I do? I don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you have to take a little bit of time to kind of understand this new space. Um, uh, so I think that the, the, the time is it that the, the expense is in time, not in cost, actually, of of the tools or making the things. Because the other thing about AR is, and certainly with, with with our platform, but it's true of others, is that 
you know, you're, you're taking assets that you, you're making for other things. You know, you're either making them in Photoshop or, you know, Studio right. Max or, or right. whatever. You're creating stuff elsewhere. It already exists. You're not, exactly. you're not redoing it. Exactly. So then it's just about, right, how are you bringing them in to tell that story, you know, uh, and, and publishing it out? So that bit really doesn't have to be expensive. And, I, and, I, and I, you know, I think we say, you know, you can make things expensive if you want to. But sure. that's not, that's not going to be the thing that's going to be determinant of whether something is good or whether it works. Um, that is just about how complex, you know, how, you know, wh where it tends to get expensive is if then you're doing versionings of it for, you know, loads of different markets or, you know, you've made a, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, you'll probably have it from the, when you're doing the sort of tours and events or, you know, around a campus. If you've got 40 places that you want to put different experiences in, they're all going to add up eventually, you know, but... Uh, so I think it's just about being smart. And, and I guess as with any business decision, it's going, what really is the budget that we need to spend on this for it to, you know, have the right ROI for what we're trying to achieve? And then once you know that, then it's just going, great, you know, um, what can we do within that framework? And it's, you know, you can do a lot um, is, is the yeah. truth. And the reason we made, so our, our content authoring platform is called Zapworks. And then on top of Zapworks, we have a thing called this concept called universal AR, which also means okay. that if you are used to working in Unity or 3GS or whatever, you can still work in those environments, but use our scanning, tracking, detection, algorithms, et cetera. Um, uh, and so the reason, you know, back to our democratization thing was to go, we don't shouldn't just use that ourselves as you go. We want any designer and developer to be able to use that so they can do it themselves. Because if we're the bottleneck, that's not democratization. Um, and you know, uh, there'll be very competent people who can build experiences just right, as well. Who are perfectly up. capable of doing it, but they exactly. just, right. So, so let me ask a follow-up question on that. So, you've got, you've got Zap. Is it Zapworks? You said Zapworks. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so that's where you, almost the authoring tool, if you will, for these yeah. for these experiences. But for people who may be, you know in the AR VR space already and they're using, as yep. you said, Unity, things like that, then you become the basically scan mechanism, that operational supply chain of how that is carried out. But you yep. have the capability to author and deploy, or you can say, hey, you already got it covered. That's fine. You can use this as a deployment. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, you know, and, and it was a really important step, that sort of universal AR piece this year, because we sort of went, you know, we have two products within Zapworks, one called Zapworks Studio, which is for people who are, um, I guess, a bit more um, developed and, you know, have coding ability, you know, that it has sort of scripting and timelining and understands sort of, you know, 3D space, et cetera. And then we have a, a simpler tool called um, uh, Zapworks Designer. Uh, and that is more drag and drop, you know, for people like me, okay. right? you know, who can use Canva or, you know, whatever, you know. Um, uh, uh, but what I guess the universal AR means is brilliant. If you're if you're steeped in Unity, um, and it's like I really don't want to learn Zapworks and Zapworks Studio, I'm really perfectly happy using my Unity project. Well, there's a way to kind of then be able to okay. use that within the framework to, to uh, and importantly, I guess build it once and deploy to many. You know, so yeah. it can work across Android, or, you know, in the web, etc. So, well, so the that, differentiation I think is also an important piece that you brought up because, again, not only right is this so far off, it's expensive, it's it's way out yeah. there, but I think sometimes it's intimidating for people to think, well, I haven't designed AR before, right? I haven't yeah. done that. That sounds yeah. very complicated. It sounds yeah. very difficult to do. There's just no way 
I could yeah. ever learn how to do that. And it's, it, you can, and it sounds like part you of the authoring tool designed for those people to be like, we want to do AR, yeah. but I, I can't code and, and script and I don't, Unity, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I have no, no idea what these people are talking about right now. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a really exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm sure my fellow co-founders would, would, would kick me under the table if they were here now. But you know, we are we've got quite an exciting update to the the designer tool that will come later in the year, beginning of next year, which it kind of takes that thought on again in terms of how do we make sure that people who really aren't, you know, they're not techies, they're not coders, but they are yeah. gifted designers um, that they know how to um, to do uh, to be able to work with that my daughter coming in well, you know well and it goes back to that democratization piece and by the way you got some kudos from somebody who's watching mark said he said the zapwork studio is very intuitive which i think that's that's good feedback from people who yeah, actually are doing the design work. yeah I mean, well that's the thing you know these that, that they are hard to build there's no doubt about it you know, it's like it it, it it takes time and energy but yeah i guess what we're you know, we are really lucky that we do have a really kind of vibrant um, community that's um, sort of stuck with us over the years. And, you know, it's because of their feedback that, yeah. you know, you kind of understand what works and what doesn't. So, you know, it, it's it's so easy to kind of, you know, kind of get in your in, in your own little box. So, you know, it, it is a it's a two way street, that one, for sure. Um, yeah. So that again, fun. I think. Well, and again, I think this just goes back to, you know, I get asked a lot, you know, what what do you think, what skills should people have in the instructional design field or things like that? And I think this is one of those things where you can say, hey, this is something that you can start to explore for your portfolio is understanding how do you design some of this. And it doesn't need to be as overwhelming as as you may think. And I think the other thing is sometimes people feel like, well, this is just, this is a totally new territory for me. And it's really not. It's yeah. it's an application in a different way. It's a different set of tools that you're using to build. But the fundamental mindset, the frameworks, the approach yeah. that you take is is very familiar. Yeah. No, that's right. No, you're right. I mean, that's it's it's how do you? It it does feel like it's sort of way out there, but it really isn't. You know. Um, we're kind of lucky enough that we also do a fair bit of work just in in, in education. Um, and, you know, one of the things that is really fun to do is even at sort of, you know, K-12 and, you know, with, with kids that are sort of 9, 10, 11, it, you know, who are kind of learning about computers for the first time and understanding more about sort of file structures and media types. And yes. actually you introduce them to something like the um, Zapworks designer tool um, and you go, you know what, you're learning about Egypt, make a poster about Egypt, you know, uh, let's kind of get some images in there, some quotes yeah. and some pictures and some videos. Um, uh, and then, you know, you get them to present it and scan it back. And, you know, within not a very long, they've made a fully functioning AR poster, right. you know, they can take home. You, you know, these things are, they're not, that they, they, they they aren't as sort of out there as you think, really. No, they are, well, I think they're, it's, they're it's one of those things, and it goes back to right understanding kind of the fundamentals of it. And I think there's two things: one, mm -hmm. understanding the fundamentals, which I think of the first time that I went into Adobe Flash, which it's retiring now, but right, yeah. you know, you know, I'll shed a little tear. But yeah. you know, I think back to the first time you experienced a timeline, right, with layers. Yeah, yeah. And it went, holy moly! Wow. Like this just feels. 
But once you got the hang of it, suddenly you could pick up video editing tools and you started going, okay. And then when Storyline came out, you started going, oh yeah, different tool set, maybe different buttons, different user experience. But for the most part, I just translate these skills and I start doing this thing in, in this different yeah. way. I think the other thing that you know is really helpful for people is you've mentioned this throughout, right? Sometimes the simplest things can yeah, be yeah. the most impactful. And I think sometimes people shoot themselves in the foot because they're they're like, we have to do the biggest, best, most perfect thing out of the gate. And it's like, yeah. no, you don't. Do something yeah. simple. I've always found that's the stuff that makes people go, yeah. wow, that was really cool. Like, can we do more? And then you experiment and you iterate. And you know what? Some of them will fail. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. You have the one where you go, you know what? People are going to love this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to change their life. Yeah. And, and nobody <laughs> liked it. <laughs> nobody even cared. And you go, well, all right. Well, you know, what can we learn from that? Absolutely. Oh, look, you know, it's oft been said, isn't it? But you so learn more from your, your failures rather than your successes. That's, that's, that's life. And that's, but that's good, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. You're, you're, uh, uh, well, you're absolutely right. Keep it simple. <laughs> Start small. All the, all, good, right? all the they all work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're here saying every single zap that's ever been made was transformational for every situation. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it wasn't. <laughs> right? Like, no, it wasn't. And that's okay. It's about what uh, you do with that moving forward. Yeah. yeah cool. Sorry. Well, you know what, you know, this has been an awesome conversation. Honestly, I would keep going, but my biggest fear is I'm going to start opening some more cans of worms and then we're going to run out of time. And then everybody's sure. going to be like, oh, shoot, I want to go. I got to go. So go. I'm going to close there because I think we I think we hit on a ton of really important stuff, you know, in That's terms fun. of even just breaking down, understanding the technology, thinking about it very pragmatically. And, you know, I think I think it's great that you've you've taken democratization of mm. this capability to a different level of you know, accessibility to people. Because I, I do think it's important that we start to consider these kinds of things more than just, oh yeah, AR, maybe someday because we can't afford the HoloLens. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's not all it is. Don't think about it in that limited capacity. It's not necessarily, you don't have to sell it. Exactly. And is it pretty cool? It is. Got to yeah. say, the HoloLens yeah. too is really yeah. cool. I, I, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Well, Casper, this has been fantastic. Everybody who's been joining in, thanks for your comments, your inputs. Uh, hopefully this was helpful for you understanding a little bit more about the tech and, and really what goes behind it. Um, and uh, we will see you at the usual time next week. Thanks for adjusting with me. And Casper, thank you for being flexible and being able oh, to make it today. Um, yeah. This has been awesome. And we will see everyone next week.